I'm going to start this out by reading a letter. So what we're going to do is we're going to do this just how I feel led to do it. We're going to start out with questions. The questions we start out with will be the more simpler ones this weekend. The, the heavier stuff is next weekend, which, you know, all type of crazy sexual stuff and all that. So, But I'm going to read to you a letter. And, and, and then let me preface this by saying this. Because I said it wouldn't go too long with this. Okay. As usual, you are in the very much danger of being offended. Okay, some people are. Now, before the series started, I had two people who left. I care is not, y'all. I, I really do. No, I don't mean it from that point of view. I do care, trust me. And I do everything that I can to win people back. But there's some people, y'all, you just can't help. Jesus could not. Jesus made one statement. Let me tell you how I got delivered. I'm going to keep saying this. I got delivered from fear of being a pastor when I read that scripture. Two scriptures. Paul said, I got to the end of my, I got to the end of my road early. He said, but her, almost everybody left me. This man fulfilled the will of God for his life and fulfilled it early. So much so, he said, I don't even know if I should just go ahead and die. Think about that. A choice, whether you can leave or stay. I don't know if I should die or if I should go and be with Jesus, which is far greater, or if I should stay here to help you all try to get to the end of your road. But he said everybody had left him. And then Jesus made one statement, and it says a large number of disciples no longer walked with him. Over one statement. So it's deep that there are some people, it does not matter how high level you teach. It does not matter how many people you raise from the dead. It does not matter how many people you get healed. It does not how many times you give them prosperity and you help them out financially. There are some people that have a mentality that the moment you say something that goes across their chest, they are out. And their reward stops there. You know, and it's really sad because, you know, I had a couple of individuals that got into this judgmental spirit. Well, I don't appreciate the title of your, of your series, Single and Frustrated. Whatever it is called. Yeah, it don't matter. I mean, y'all know what the title is. And, and, but see, that's somebody that's only thinking about themselves. I don't have any frustrations. Well, that's not true. Okay. I mean, if you don't have any frustrations, you're better than Jesus. Jesus was constantly frustrated with people. Okay? I don't have any frustrations or, you know, I don't have this and I don't have that. Okay, maybe that's the season that's in your life. But the, but the series is not centered around you. It's centered around what I believe the Holy Spirit told me to do. Okay? So, you know, I'm not going not to turn into the Incredible Hulk or nothing, but I'm just saying. So, I'm, so based on that, Okay, 99% of the questions that people sent in were based on frustration. I got one last night because of the graphic, and I'm going to read it to you, and this is where we'll start. I'm so frustrated, I cry every night. It's been 17 years, and I'm just tired. It's people having sex, then getting married, and they're happy. That's an assumption on your part. They have someone during the holidays and on their birthdays. I've gone 17 years with no Valentine's, no Christmas, no birthday from no significant other. Family events alone. I'm tired. Pray for me, but I'm really not caring to hear any spiritual messages. I'm past frustrated. Well, you don't have to continue on that road then. Okay, 
And so, you know, an unfortunate thing is, is that without you even, now I better be careful with that one. But let me just say this. There's something that we all are all going to have to embrace. Me, my wife, you all included. Married, single, divorced, widowed, whatever category you are in, there's something that you are going to have to embrace. In order to get things right in your life, you're going to have to recognize that many and most of your frustrations are your own doing. It's your own doing. Like I said before, when you sow a seed, it's a long, the Bible says you sow a seed and it says how it grows, you do not know. It just shows up. And the problem is, is that the harvest always looks different than the seed. And so you've sown something and you forget about it or don't repent over it because you just brushed it off. And then my dad used to say this when he used to do Bible studies with us after church on Sunday. So, (laughs) and he would say, you sow a seed? And he said, then you get on that road and start driving. And he said, way down the road, he said, you run into a tree in the middle of the road and had no idea that tree you ran into was a seed you sowed 10 years ago. You know, and we thought he was just talking crazy back then, you know. <clears throat> so, so that's where we're going to start. I promise I'll get myself together by the time we go public. <laughs> I mean, that's probably a lie. <laughs> All right, so let's jump into this. So the truth is, y'all ready? The truth is, some single people will get married. Some will never get married. Some will have to wait a long time to get married, if at all, because it will take that amount of time to get themselves together. They are too slow to change, too slow to get themselves together, too prideful, too arrogant, too slow to clean up the mess that they have created. I wrote things down so I could keep on track. There are some people that will have to wait a while to get married because they are actually the next spouse of someone that will lose theirs seen that a lot over the years where a person can't figure out why I'm not getting married when I get married because the Lord knows well you can't see the future like I like I can I know everything from the beginning and I know that this particular lady she's going to lose her husband in three years and then we're going to give her two years to recover from that and then we'll send you across her path there are reasons some will get married and stay married some will get married divorce and then get remarried Some will get married, divorced, and never marry again. So we're going to give you a lot of information, a lot of truth. is going to be, today is what we call a divine reset for everyone. But the truth is, is that you can't figure out everything. Um, The thread through all of this is you are going to have to trust your Heavenly Father. You're just going to have to, you know, get out of, let me tell you something. Almost every teaching that you have heard up until this point, you almost need to throw a lot of it in the trash. And you understand why as we start getting into this. Because there is a measure of things that the the church a lot of times does not like. How many of you know it is unfortunate that the same issues that are in the church that are in everything. I had a meeting with some politicians yesterday and they were joking about the problems we have in the church are the same problems they have in politics. And um, and so uh, because it's the same people are the same. I told you the Holy Spirit told me, stop saying Christians do such and such. Christians are hypocritical. Christians are not hypocritical. People are. So we have to get out of this notion. But there is one category here, unfortunately, that 
in the body of Christ, a lot of times we don't like to be real with ourselves. We would rather continue praying instead of change. We like to use scriptures as a replacement for our integrity. You know, we, we, you know, I, you know there, there, are, there are people that I have met where in their mind where they say as well, I don't have to tithe and give. I'm going to just tithe my time to the church. I don't remember reading that in the Bible. I remember reading that you're supposed to do both. Okay. So, so how do we know in order for it to be helped, we have to be real, extremely real. The other problem is, is that unfortunately, a lot of leaders are teaching things that they themselves have never practiced. Teaching things that they themselves don't do. You have a lot of men that they will do a marriage conference, but their marriage is not worth anything. Man, they're teaching things they don't even believe. They just mm-hmm. teach it because it sounds good. Or they heard somebody else in t- teaching it. Okay, And so, uh, so that's the thing. Your commitment to and cooperation with the kingdom of God is the only thing that will give you the best chance in life and give you a lasting result. Prideful, arrogant, disobedient, and rebellious people who are not interested in following God's order and are unwilling to change won't get much. Say amen. Amen. And this is what's deep. God won't reject you. He'll just go as far as he can go with you and then stop. That's what's so cool about God. Okay? He told you to go to 50. But if you stop at three, then he'll stop at three. He won't just reject you entirely. But what happens is, is he, if he designed you to be at 50 and you stop at three, when you stop at three, that's when your frustration will begin to start. And whew, Proverbs 1, 28 through 33, and then we can get into it. When they cry for help, I will not answer. Though they anxiously search for me, they will not find me. Why? Because they hated my knowledge and chose not to fear the Lord. They rejected my advice, paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way, choking on their own schemes. For simpletons or simple-minded people turn away from God to death. Fools are destroyed by their own complacency, but all who listen to me will live in peace untroubled by fear of harm. Okay? So, that's the category for people who send in questions and they don't go to church, they don't believe in Jesus Christ, they live in raggedy and they just throw in a question thinking that they're not about to have bliss. Not going to happen. Okay, so I don't have a problem telling them that, you know. And let me say something. There's a reason why, there's a reason why the Bible says, it is amazing how people have no understanding about what the Bible says about judgment. The Bible commands us and instructs us to judge other Christians. It says you cannot judge the sinner. The Bible says that we are supposed to judge other Christians. It says you're not supposed to judge the sinner. And one of the reasons why you're not supposed to judge the sinner is that if there's a man who's Chinese that lives in China and commits a crime, the United States are not going to try to hunt him down. You know why? He's not even in our kingdom. So there's nothing to judge. So sinners are not even in the kingdom of God. So you're already doomed because you're not even a part of the family. Therefore, there is no judgment. Sinners are supposed to sin. That's the kingdom that you are a part of. It would be perversion for a sinner not to sin. Here we go. Y'all ready? Ah, get myself together. This is especially true for older women. 
All right. Body image. This is especially true for older women, not being confident enough to receive the advances that often come from younger women. Younger men, thank you. There is a double standard in this area, and for me, I've had a tendency to sabotage any potential suitors. Sure, Mom. Now, we're going to... What we're going to do is we're going to do quick answers to these questions. Then I'm going to come back and do a teaching that's going to add meat and bones to the questions and the answers. Okay. First of all, it's not really a double standard. It's people have created one. Okay. So the double standard is not with God. The double standard is with people and the ideologies and insecurities that they have created. A man marries a younger woman. So is there anything in the scripture that says a woman cannot marry a younger man? Then there's your answer right there. I mean, in fact, you have people that are in, in, in the entertainment industry. They don't care anything about that. You got Jennifer Lopez, Susan Sarandon, Madonna, Janet Jackson, Julianne Moore, uh, Mariah Carey, Chris Jenner. They have dated and or married younger men. They have no issues with that whatsoever. They feel good about who they are. If the younger man approaches them, they go ahead and go with it. So there's no standard in the scripture that says a woman has to be younger or the same age as a man. If she's older, he finds her attractive. She finds him attractive. They, they're compatible. Go for it. Yeah, and you just have to get over your own personal security about what you think, what people think about you. Okay, whoever you marry, good or bad, you have to live with them. Okay. Look, if you're an older woman and a, if a younger man wants to get with you, but you know, uh, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. I'm just rolling with the floor. I don't care. Hey, sometimes, ladies, you might want a younger woman if you know what I'm saying. I mean, a younger man. Thank you, Jesus. I gotta pray. Thank you. Correct me, Lord. It's funny. I keep making these mistakes, but it ties into something at the end. But um, but <laughs> she was looking at me like, you better not say the Holy Spirit has caused you to make mistakes to give you a deep revelation at the end. Okay? But if you want to be with a younger man or vice versa and they don't have a problem being with you, that's not an issue. Amen. You know why? Because when y'all walking hand in hand on picnics, they, it's going to be you and him. Nobody else. When y'all at the movies, okay, Thanksgiving dinner, on vacation, all that type of stuff, it's you, him, and her. Period. Okay? So, but you have to be, but, but you know, see, but here's, here's where things get off is when society creates a... T- Watch this. They create terms to make you feel uncomfortable, like cougar. What does a lion, a cat in a lion family, got to do with a woman that is married to a man that's 10 years younger than her? Absolutely not. So you have to get out of what society thinks. You got to get out of what society thinks. Okay? And so uh, T.D. Jake said something that's very powerful. Heard him say this years ago. He said, where the Bible is silent, so am I. So we'll keep moving past that. So there's really not a question here. It's more or less a comment that we're commenting on. So I'll go back to the beginning part. Well, this is body image. It's especially true for, for older women not being confident enough to receive the advances that often come from younger men. So you have to then look at yourself and ask yourself, why don't I feel confident? Is it your clothes? Is it your hair? Is it your weight? Is it your makeup? What is it? And when you ask yourself what those things are, obviously he thinks you're attractive and he wouldn't have approached you. It's something that about you that he finds attractive. But if it's something that you feel insecure about, then, then make those adjustments so that you can feel confident to receive those advances. I mean, there are people out here, and they love older women, older men, what have you. So if it's a weight issue, makeup, hair, I mean, there are resources to help you make those adjustments. I mean, and, and one of the best things, ladies, you can do with a man in particular is if you're insecure about something, tell him. 
Just say, hey, yeah, yeah. I'm really, I'm, I like you, but, you know, I'm a little nervous about this. And then listen to what he says. You know, it really is a communication thing. You know, and, 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 when, if, and if that is the area of body image, mm-hmm. y'all, look, truth be told, you can't look at yourself and say, well, because I'm a certain age, maybe a guy only wants a girl that got a tighter body. No, there are young guys that marry women from all different types of shapes and sizes. Right. That's right. See? So, so it, it really doesn't have, not much, it doesn't have to do with age. There are some men that they don't like younger women. I've talked to them because of the immaturity. Yeah. So they don't grow up. It's like, you know, going out with a bimbo. I'm just going by their words. I'm not saying, hey. <laughs> Number two, being resistant about committing to a relationship based on some what I have, based on some of what I have acquired over the years. So this is a person, they're shaky about going into a relationship based on their financial status. I have two homes and land inherited to me in another state. So my assets with real estate and insurance is about, well, I'm assuming it's okay for me to say the amount so that it puts you in perspective. If you want me to say the amount, just text me, and I'll take it out of the recording. But I have assets uh, that are um, a little over, I guess, $400,000. So is asking for a prenup in order to, is asking for a prenup in order or out of order, especially if he, the potential partner, has little to no assets. How many of you know that's something to be nervous about? Yeah, it is. Let me tell you the truth, though. Let me tell you the truth here. Now, this is where I would add my wisdom okay this is where I'm at wisdom and that is um, uh, when you marry someone it's supposed to be without any reservation in your heart a prenup is a form of writing down your fear on paper that's what a prenup is so it would be much better and let me say this see this where this goes into See, in the body of Christ, we like the exacts all the time. It's got to be exacted. Let me tell you something. It does not matter if God put you with someone to marry. You don't know if that person in the future will get off track and lose their mind. Do something stupid. Commit adultery. Become a gangster. Decide that they're going to become a part of another religion. It happens all the time. What you are doing is taking a chance all the time and putting your hope and your faith and trust in God and whatever happens on the other side, all of that will be canceled out. That's my philosophy. But it is better for you to sit down and let a person know these are the demands that I have in order for me to marry you. And that is, I have spent the last 20 years accumulating these assets that are this amount. I accumulated them for this purpose and this purpose only. I accumulated this amount so that I can invest in this or I accumulated this amount so that I don't have to become a security guard at 80 at the library. So I understand that you love me and you're talking good and you're looking smooth, all of that. I believe you're the one. But look, this is a deal breaker for me. Okay. I'm not trying to put my money above you, but what I'm, I am saying is that I'm not trying to make 20 years go down the drain because you then come up with a great idea for us to open up a McDonald's after we get married. So this money is for this. Do you have a problem with that? No. Then you got to pray and make sure you have peace. That is the better route to go because when you institute a prenup, you're telling the person in advance, I don't trust you. 
You might call it protecting yourself, but it's really you saying, I don't trust you. If you were marrying Jesus, would you give him a prenup? And let me tell you something. See, the Bible even talks about when Christians are being sued. It says, why would you take another Christian to court? What, you know what the scripture says? And we don't like the scripture. It says, why don't you just simply allow yourself to be defrauded and let it go? It's not the end of the world. It feels like the end of the world. But God said it's not the end of the world. So there are some things, folk, that you just take a chance on. And if you lose out, oh, well, God still got your back. You might just have to say, well, I didn't plan on being a security guard at the library, but it looked like. Come on in. I don't know. For myself, I take a slightly different viewpoint on that. Because if I've, if I've worked or if I've inherited a certain amount of assets or money, I'm not sure that I would be so quick to to join up with someone. I mean, I would have to ask myself or even ask him if he has little or no assets, why not? Is it because he was frivolous? Was he a gambler? Was he on drugs? Did he at one time have assets and he lost them? Did he... Was he trying to be ambitious and really trying to live his dreams and his vision? He invested all the money he had and he lost it because the the deal sank, the business sank. Maybe he went bankrupt two or three times trying to live out his vision and trying to accomplish things and not be afraid. There are some men who, who have dreams and won't step out. There are others who have dreams and they'll step out and they'll lose everything in trying to accomplish those dreams and what they believe God has called them to do. So then I would have to ask the question, if he has no assets, why not? Was he just being irresponsible or immature, or did he invest in something that just tanked? Was it real estate and the market went down? Was it, was it stocks and bonds or mutual funds and it went down? Why doesn't, he, why doesn't he have them? So I would be more or less wanting to dig and get more information before I made a, a firm decision on that. Oh, and that's absolute because, you, because the other thing is, is that you need to spend a certain amount of time with this individual to feel them out. You keep spending time with someone, y'all, you keep spending time with someone, it's eventually going to come out. They may try to hide. You spend enough time with them without sex, something is going to happen. I'm telling you, Holy Spirit is going to make sure that something happens. So over a period of time, the question is over. Let me tell you something. You, got, you don't have to marry somebody that's perfect. Don't get me wrong. Okay. People make mistakes. Sometimes it's that he's raggedy with money. You're good with money. And when y'all get married, he need to put the money all in your hands. That's most marriages. The women is the one, the one that have money. Okay. But um, I know in my house, I don't do nothing. It's one bill that I pay. And I wait until they call me and threaten me. I don't, and don't ask me why. It's just stupid. It's dumb. They just sent me a text the day before yesterday. Excuse me, you know, when, when, the, when the numbers are red. And the sad part is, it's the church cell phone. <laughs> that just, I don't just, it's the only will she lets me pay. And it, the numbers get red. And, and then, when they, then I'll let them call me and leave a couple of voicemails. I forgot to tell you, they called me. And, they literally called me and said... They literally called me and said, the voicemail literally said, hey, we were just calling to see is everything okay. That's literally what it said. See, so that's why she handles the money because, you know, I'm just stupid like that, okay? I know, but never mind. So, so there was a gentleman I was dating in the past, and over time, I could see how he handled his finances. The decisions that he made, you know, when you get comfortable with a person, they'll share things with you and you're supposed to be finding out information. And I thought to myself, no, I don't want this at all. He's irresponsible. His credit is messed up. He doesn't pay his bills on time. He's, he's just, he just goes and does things without regard for the future and consequences. And I knew that was, that was a deal breaker for me because if I marry this person, now he is the head of my household. He is my husband, the father of my children. 
this is not going to look good. So I just, I cut that. So I was, I was, I was really quick. When I was dating, I was really quick to cut things off. I, I know where this is going. This is not going to go where I needed to go, where I wanted to go. Why waste more time? And yeah, I just she, cut it. She didn't do what a lot of women do. She didn't hang on to somebody that no. she thought was a fool. That's how we met. Is, you know, I shouldn't have said that, but <laughs> you probably won't listen. But, uh, but, but again, this is very important. Ladies and gentlemen, in all honesty, you're going to have to determine what you are willing to put up with. Okay, you have to be willing how much of a it's like the stock market. There are some people they're only looking for investments that are extremely safe. There are other individuals that they will take a risk. Sometimes they lose. Sometimes they win. So 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 I'm not saying it's always easy. It's nervous if Jesus sent you your spouse. Um, but but you, you got you got you got to do that. So. All right. I'm not happily single, but I equally am an I'm equally unhappy in a relationship. Well, well, that's just two plus two equals four. We're going to add that one at the very, very end. If you're not humble, if you're not, well, the thing is, is that it's a better, I'm going to rephrase the question. I'm not happy by myself, but when I'm in a relationship, I'm even more unhappy. That's what they were trying to say. And so, uh, but, yeah, and that's the reason why you were not happy in a relationship is because of one or two reasons. You weren't happy as a single individual. Right which means that you probably attracted somebody else. You know, one of the things that we're going to get into at the end of this is uh, defects hooking up with defects. And then you produce a defective marriage. Number four, is there a such thing as being too young to get married? 18 should be where you can start. That's just my personal, some people say 16. Okay. Scriptures, the Bible says as long as a woman is past the age of her flower. Okay. And so, um, and they didn't give an age. So there's, a, there's, you can look at a woman and say, okay, no, this is too early. I'm talking about the stuff they do overseas in Africa and the Middle East, where they're marrying nine-year-olds, 10-year-olds, 13 is still too young, you know, but, but, and 16 is borderline, but 18, it's fine. So no, it's no such thing as being too young to get married. I've had a dream about my future spouse and our first child. I believe it's going to happen soon, but I'm worried about what my family members would think about me getting married at a young age. Um, well, again, let me say this, is that what makes good marriages is not the age that you get married. What makes good marriages is not how long you date. What makes good marriage is the information that the two individuals have about the understanding how marriage works and where they are in the spiritual meter of their character. Okay? So, naturally, as, as, as parents, you know, my children start, children are starting to get up in age, so you start getting that nervous feeling, oh, Lord Jesus. I'm going to have to start meeting people in the future, the potential spouses and all that type of stuff. And it's nervous, but your parents were nervous with you too. So there's no such thing as getting too, there's no such thing as being too young. Y'all, let me tell you something. There are some people that get married at the age of 50 and they're too young. Yeah, I was just simply going to say that it varies from person to person based on how you were raised and the environment you grew up in. I mean, some people mature really fast. They mature and they've been taught some things and they're ready at 19, 20 years old. They're more settled. They don't want to run the street. They want to just have a family. They want to get settled. They have their career or whatever, college or whatever. And so it varies from person to person based on their maturity, what they've been exposed to and all the things that he already mentioned. Yeah, when I, I just went to my high school reunion this year and I was just taken aback. I was like, these people doing the same stupid stuff that they were doing in high school. It was just unreal. I was just like this. I was, I was going around, going from table to table. Who is this fool on the dance floor like they had a strip club? 
she graduated the year before us, then why is she even here? That's what I ask. What is she even doing here? I'm doing the same stupid stuff. I'm not so much frustrated with being single, but I do get anxious about when I will be married. Is there any way to really prepare for marriage? We're going to come back to that. Can the desire for marriage become an idol? Absolutely. Yes. It's one of the things that will slow things down. The Bible says, I also have no other gods before me, no idols before me. Because what, 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 when you make marriage or the desire to be married an idol, not a desire, okay? When you make it an idol, what happens is, is you, um, you begin to, you'll, you'll be actually be willing to do, um, you'll be tempted to start doing more things to get someone. And it also means that your trust in God is not quite there. Yeah, and I would just add to that is that sometimes your, your good judgment will go out the window because you've made getting married or being married or the ideal of having someone so big that you, you ignore the red flags. You see the red flags. You see them. You hear them. You experience But you ignore them because you've made getting married such a big deal as opposed to really looking at the person and just saying, okay, is this really the person that I want to continue to date and be with and spend the rest of my life with. And then let me say this, is that don't, don't, don't get the little things that we're saying twisted because, because that what I've noticed is that with most conferences with singleness, it's, it's only two things. How not to have sex <laughs> and, and trying to prepare you all of these things that you got to do for marriage. So we're going to, trust me, we're going to end up covering everything. Is it possible for your purpose and destiny to be attached to your spouse that you won't feel fully accomplished or in purpose until you meet him or her. Um, let me come outside of that question to say, there's a, yes, I'm going to answer the question, yes, but not to the degree where you can't be a successful single person. We're not talking about the degree where you're at home crying and weeping, Lord, I'm just so far unfulfilled because he ain't came yet. No, I'm not talking about that type of stuff because that same thing happens in business. Elijah said it another way before he was preaching. He said, it's like fire shut up in my bones. Okay, it was me with pastoring. It's a, you, you're on that path, but there's a, it's not so much of a sense of you're not fulfilled as much as it is that you know that there's something more out there for you. So you can have that sensing. I mean, the Bible actually says that we have an unction from the Holy One and we know all things, you know, so your spirit actually knows the future and it can sense it, you know, and, uh, but the more uh, close to God, the more closely you walk with God, the more accurate it will be. And then there are times, let me tell you, it's gotta, there are some individuals that God will trust them and I'll actually tell them um, when they're going to get married. I, I remember a wonderful testimony. It was a Hispanic lady, and, and she had a desire to get married, and, but she said she focused all of her attention on serving God. And so she said she had a dream, and she said in the dream um, um, that she said there was a Hispanic gentleman or a white gentleman that walked up to her into the, in the dream and said, whatever you do, wait on me. And the dream ended. And a few years later, she ended up joining the church and, and she's doing something and that very God walked up to her. Okay? Some of you know Janice. They're not here. Jonathan and Janice are not here because they just had, we don't know if you know Jonathan and Janice had their baby. And so, um, so Janice, the Lord gave her a dream um, that her husband was going to be a man with Asian features. She didn't know if he was Korean or Chinese. And so, but she knew that her husband was going to be Asian, even though she's African-American. And she was in the Walmart, you know, Jonathan with that deep voice, how you doing? <laughs> Jonathan, 
He has a smooth voice. He needs to be on the radio. Okay. So, yes, it, you can have those feelings, but not to the degree where you disengage from being single. Number eight, what God calls. Hold on. I'll oh, add to that. Okay. Oh. So, for myself, and I knew before I met my husband, I was called to the ministry. And this is the case for women in ministry. Like, okay, will I meet someone else who will also be in ministry? They may or may not. They may or may not. For my, for my personal, for God's purpose for my life, that was definitely the case. I was called to the ministry, told them when we met. I was called to the ministry, didn't know what it looked like, didn't know what it was going to end up like, didn't know what platform or how, if I would be, write books or preach or travel the world. I mean, the only women I knew at that time that were really big in ministry were Joyce Meyer and Juanita Bynum and Marilyn Hickey. Those are the only ones that I knew. So I had no idea. Just when we met, I was like, hey, I'm called to the ministry. Not sure what that looks like, but, you know, have you willing to go down this path with me? Then great. He didn't know at the time what he was called to do. So I just continued down my own path, going to Bible school and preparing myself for the future that God had for me, not knowing at the time what God had for his future. So lo and behold, when I asked the Lord, you know, what had he called him to do? He told me he called him to be a pastor. But he still did not know. It was not until after we had gotten married that he knew for sure. But I knew, and it was important for me to know prior to getting married. So going back to the question of could my purpose have been fulfilled fully without him? Absolutely. Why? Because he didn't call me. God did. God called me before the foundations of the world. God called me. However, in bringing us together, it could be fulfilled in a way that God desired because of the platform that he was going to give us as a couple. But when God calls you, he has a purpose. He's called you for that purpose. But there may be someone that was going to come into your life in the future that will help enhance that, help support that. Like Joyce Meyer, her husband is not in the pulpit, but he's an excellent business administrator. So he supports her, loves her, travels with her, and he protects her. So, yes, the person can enhance what God has called you to do and to help fully prepare you for that, male or female. But your purpose is not stunted or it's not halted because you don't have that person yet in your life. We're going to come back to that. Is we're building slowly. By the time we go to get to the end, y'all going to be like, mm, mm, mm. I'm going to mention something here about, because there's this question of, well, how do I position myself? And it's not all we're going to talk about. How do I position myself for a man to approach me or whatever or whatever? And, and one of the things that we're going to talk about is, is hooking up with a man of purpose. Um, there are some men that their purpose in life is to help their wife because of her business or her ministry. That is his purpose. Okay. So we'll get to that at the end. The lady's like, oh, okay, we're warming out now. Come on, bring it. Bring it. All right. All right. Would God call someone not to marry like Prophet Jeremiah, but he, she still have the desire for marriage? No, if God called them. And let me give you an scripture. Matthew 19, 4 through 12. You'll see three different versions. Haven't you read in the scriptures? Y'all good? Okay, no, it wasn't when I looked up there. Haven't you read the scriptures? Jesus replied. They record that from the beginning, God made them male and female. And he said, this explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. And the two are united into one. And let me say something. I know some people don't like this. It does not matter. Some people disagree with this. It does not matter. But according to the kingdom of God, the only reason why a man or a woman should leave their parents is to get married. In the United States, they created this culture by which a man or a woman need to be on their own away from their parents to gain responsibility. No. 
you are going to do on your own or married what you learned living at home for 18 years. The United States is one of the few cultures where they believe that when you get 18, we're trying to kick you out the house as soon as possible. In the Middle East, in India, in Africa, in Asia, they want you to stay at home. And in many of those cultures, they want you to marry the woman and then move her back in the house. That's personal preference. That doesn't, that's not maturity. I remember I was at a church one time, and that pastor got up and said, you are, if you are a man, you are not in the will of God if you stay at, no, he said, you are not a real man if you live at home with your parents. I was learning to hold my parents. Guess what? See, y'all, let me tell you something. I've always been like this. My daddy taught me to preach. I don't just listen to preachers because they just say something deep across the pulpit. That's been the key to my victory is not listening to these fools half the time. Yeah, and some of them are fools, and I'm not calling this guy a fool. Y'all know how to clean that up a little bit. You are not a real man if you're living at home with your parents. Guess what? Half the guys did the church. Moved out the next month so they could be a real man. Guess who was still at home stacking up chips? <laughs> Guess who was moving back in with their mama and daddy six months later? All of the brothers that moved out. That's cultural. That's not scriptural. Since they are no longer two, thank you, I didn't do my chapter demarcation. This explains why a man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife. The two are united into one. Since they are no longer two but one, let no one split apart what God has joined together. That's one of the things we'll talk about too. Because I have to incorporate marriage into this because a lot of single people want to get married. There, there are some people that pick their spouses. There are others that God sends you your spouse. So here is the ones that said, God says, the what I who, see, like for, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that the Lord sent her to me because of my assignment. But he doesn't always do that. Then why did Moses say in the law that a man could give his wife a written notice of divorce and send her away? They asked. Jesus replied, Moses permitted divorce only as a concession to your hard hearts. But it was not what God had originally intended. And I tell you this, whoever divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery. Unless his wife has been unfaithful. We'll probably touch that at the very, very end of this. Jesus' disciples then said, if this is the case, it's, not, it's better not to marry then. Jesus said, not everyone can accept this statement. Jesus said, only those whom God helps. Some are born eunuchs. Some have been made eunuchs by others, Catholic Church. And some choose not to marry for the sake of the kingdom, Jesus and Paul. Let anyone accept this, whoever can. I'm letting you know I can't. Y'all got that? I answered the question. Number nine, often here you have to be whole to be qualified for marriage, but then I hear so many married folk say that they had issues they had to be healed from while in marriage. Well, that's because most people don't get married whole. Mm -hmm. Is not wholeness a continual work as a believer? Yeah. Of course, we are not waiting to become whole in marriage. Yeah, most people get married wrong, and it's the grace of God that makes a difference. Okay? And so you don't have to be perfect, but most people, y'all, I've been doing counseling since the year 2000, and I've never met a person that knew the stuff that I shared in the counseling session. We didn't when we got married, and we went to a word church. Okay? So, so a lot of people, you know, again, you can't, because let me, I, something I got to address. I thought I was going to do it today. But there are a lot of people that they are afraid of relationships because of what they have seen in others. I got a guy right now, it's a single guy at the other location. He said, hey man, 
He said, he said me and my single friends. They, this, is what they, this is what he told me. He said, we all agree that we, whereas we want to get married, we don't want to get married because we watch the married people. And by watching the married people and what they're going through, we're trying to see, is there a benefit to marriage? See? So, so, so you got to be careful about watching other people. You have to make your own determination about how you are going to be as a spouse. And that's how you start. Let me add this. So the question was, I often hear you have to be whole to be qualified for marriage. But then here's so many folks say they had issues, married folks, they had issues they need to be healed from. So we're looking for wholeness, not perfection. Wholeness is the ideal situation, meaning you have resolved your known baggage, your known issues. There's some things that won't surface until you are married. They won't even come out because you haven't had someone else there to show you or to point them out. So some things can't be resolved or worked on or worked through until you are living with another individual and they can point out how you're junky or unorganized or how your your time management sucks or whatever. There's no one there to tell you to help you with those areas of your life until you are married. So some things won't even come to the surface until then. All right. How should Christians date? We know the principles, but how does dating work? It's kind of like a... If you know the principles, how does dating work? I don't quite know what that means, but let's just put it this way. I'm, I'm going to give you the little preliminary stuff because at the end, it's going to reset everybody. Okay? It's basically four stages, and that is the introduction phase, then the getting to know the person phase, then getting to know them to the degree to determine if this is the spouse phase, and then the fourth one is the decision has been made. Through all of those, you do nothing but talk. Okay? A first date is not when you go to the movies and have dinner. First date is the day you talk to them on the phone. That's the first date. Okay? Because that's the introduction. You're dating the individual once you the one the moment you start talking to them. So it really is a thing of you have to interview interview this person, see if you like them, if you even like the personality. It really is it's not data gathering like one person said, but it is, but, but not in like a business sense, you know, where you whoop out a piece of paper and you got this 30 thing. No, it's, it's you getting to know an individual, but you have to talk, talk, talk. The moment you introduce sex, you put on a pair of sunglasses. Then you do it a second time, you put on another pair of sunglasses. After a few times, you are totally blind. You don't know you're blind until you get married. <clears throat> is it okay to date more than one person at a time? Since all you're doing is collecting data. No, it's not okay to date one person. No, more than one person at a time. I didn't even, okay, no. You know, I stuck to, when, when I was dating, I would tell a girl, I'm not seeing nobody else, I'm dating you. Now, sometimes that lasted one date, you know, but I would at least let them know. Okay, and, and because, no, my, I'm serious. When I was dating, most of the girls that I went out with, there was one time. I wasn't going to waste time with nobody, I, no. I, I, and I hate to say this, but sometimes the girl was like, she really liked me. And I mean, man, there were dates I went on, and after the date was over, I acted like I was sick just so I could take her back home and go on back home. I mean, I was just like, oh, oh, I remember one. Oh, I was, I was, man, I was a great actor on that particular day, okay? So, no, because when it comes to men, they know by the first or second date. Women could not believe that when I asked for a show of hands, and I told, I told the men, raise your hand. I said, every man in here, raise your hand if it took you a bunch of dates to determine if she was the one. Nobody raised their hand. I said, how many of it was the first or second date? Everybody hand went up. 
See, so ladies have this thing where, you know, they give men these, uh, these agendas and these ultimatums. I need you to seek the Lord and pray for three, three months. No, if a man has to pray, ooh, Jesus. For most men, if they have to pray about whether or not you are the one, you're probably not the one. Because most men, they just know. They just know God, they, God just designed them that way. I mean, they're men, they will see a woman. That's her. I'm going to marry her. Right? So no, okay? No. Are there, are there stages or phases to dating? I'm going past that. How involved should church leaders be in my dating relationship? Every aspect, if you trust them. Okay, so I have to answer this question based on multiple churches here. Okay, now, we always tell people, if you start dating someone, let us know by the second or third date so we can start giving you direction and giving you safety. Okay, that always works. Now, of course, some people are like, well, no, I'm mature enough, boom, boom, boom. And unfortunately, I've rarely seen a case where the people didn't run into trouble and then they want to be saved. And some people, let me say this, let me say this. Okay, I know this is a little tough, but, but whether it's a female or it's a male, if they're nervous about coming to meeting your pastor, you got to ask yourself a question. Why? I mean, because I've seen the opposite side. Well, lady said, I don't need you to, I need you to meet my pastor. Oh, okay. Cool. No problem. Whatsoever. Okay. Some will come because they think the pastor is one of those, you know, there's a God somewhere, one of them type of guys, you know, from coming to America. So they come in the, I mean, I've seen them come in. I've seen them come in. And, and they come in, and when they see me, the eyes buck. Oh, this is not the interpretation of what I thought it was going to be here. I mean, I've, yes, yeah, y'all should see the look on, in, in the audience of people who were expecting to come see a false prophet. And when I'm up here, it's the way that they look. I mean, they, they put their hair down, they're looking at me just like this. And I know what it means. I cannot figure out anything. This is the first time I felt real in a long time. Okay. So, all right. Since there are more single women in most churches, how active should they be in the process of being found by my mate? Since there, let me go back to number four. So, yes, we should be involved in your dating relationship. Now, is that a scriptural commandment? No, but the Bible says in a month to the council is there is safety. Okay, if, if you're dating and you're planning on going down that road, it might be wise to connect yourself to a married couple or a pastor and his wife that have success in that area. Okay, not nobody that just want to tell you at the hairdresser, child, if I was you, well, that's why you're single now. <laughs> How involved, never mind, I'll say that again. I was supposed to say it three times out of the mouth of two or three witnesses. Since there are more single women in most churches, how active should they be in the process of being found by a mate? Um, they really don't need to be that active, of all, active at all. They need to be active with following the Lord. That's a trust issue. Okay, y'all? Because see, let me tell you something. All of this perfection stuff about, yes, make sure that you stand at the door with the right dress color on and that you prayed three times before you came to church service and make sure you're doing this. Y'all, don't know that that stuff work. When you interview people, Christians that have gotten married, some of them met each other wrong, but it turned out right. Some of them married right, it turned out wrong. Most people found their mate when they were least expecting it. There are people here that met online. There are people who have met at the grocery stores or Sunday, or Sunday people. They met at the 24-hour teller. Some people have pulled over on the side of the street. Some people have found them at another church. It does not matter. I found mine at church, and she told me, no, you can't figure this stuff out, y'all. But I will, I will tell you this, is that 
When David slayed Goliath, it was because, strangely, his dad asked him to take some food to his brothers in the war. It'll be that insignificant. You'll just feel like, hey, you know, I don't normally go to Walmart, but I just feel like stopping in here today. I read a wonderful testimony some years ago about two people who were widows. And the woman was at home with her children. Her husband had passed away, and she had asked the Lord to send her someone who had been previously married and who had a, the husband was, the man was now a widower. And she wanted that because she wanted someone who, who had the same experience as her in terms of being married and having lost that spouse to death. So she said she was at home, and she just felt led to run to McDonald's. So she threw her children in the car with their pajamas on. It was just that urgent in her spirit to get to McDonald's. And that's where she encountered her future husband, one who had lost his wife to an illness sometime previous. They met each other, and they ended up getting married and having a blended family and a wonderful family and serving in ministry. See what I mean? See, but see, that's what happens to people who put their focus on the Lord. And when you put your focus on, I'm going to read a scripture about that in just a moment. You put your focus on God being clean as a man, clean as a woman, Okay, et cetera, et cetera. Then what happens is, is that then when God knows that you're ready, he says, okay, let's hook this up. Y'all angels know how to hook up a divine man and a divine woman to come across your path. You might get in an accident. I, man, let me tell you something. I've heard stories of, of the guy ran into the woman, got in an accident, fender bender, and they went out on a date. I've seen situations of women who got in a car accident and the firefighter that came on the scene ended up helping her, visited her in the hospital to make sure it was okay, and now they're married. You can't figure all of this stuff out. And so because God can figure all of this stuff out, you got to put your hope, your faith, your actions, and your lifestyle in him. But see, what happens is, is that many a times is that for people that don't put their lifestyle in Jesus Christ, they're on the wrong road. And so because you're on the wrong road, you can't meet the right man and the right woman on the wrong road. And so because you were supposed to meet somebody five years ago, but you've been on the wrong road for five years. And so since God has not brought the right person on the wrong road, you then make a determination to create your own man or woman on the wrong road. How will I know it's him or her? I'm just showing you all of the questions and put you in the mind frame of what we're doing at the end. I've always been told that you will just know. That is true sometimes. Sometimes it happens over a period of time. The knowing comes. What does that mean? What's the criteria? I have failed in relationships that seemed right, so I'm skeptical. Let me say this. Now, this is the honest God truth. There are some people that rejected their spouse, and they did not know that. There are some people that you did meet Mr. Right. You did meet Mrs. Right. But what happened was is that you got a little goofy. Uh, You were looking for perfection. You assumed that because you all got into a disagreement that he was not the one. Got to be careful with all that. Okay? I'm going to come back to this. I'm, I'm a Christian male ready to get married, but I have no interest in girls at my church. However, there is a girl at my job that I'm feeling, but she's not a mature Christian. Should I still approach her? Yes. If it was the other way around, I would say no. I'm going to get ahead of myself, and I really did not want to. I really didn't want to, but I just better go with the Holy Ghost. There's a statement that I want you to remember for the rest of your life, whether you are single or married. The man and the woman are equal in their status with God, but not their responsibilities. I'm going to prove to you when we get to the back end of this. The woman's main job is to help the man. 
But the man's main job is to mature the wife. That's how God created the system. It is her role to help him. And it is his role to mature her. So in this particular case, she's not as mature. Well, then go ahead, move forward, ask her out. But then watch and see how she adjusts. Because you might be her savior. Y'all know what I mean by that. But that doesn't mean it's your wife. She could be. Okay. Well, I'll get back to that. There is a thin line between desperation and letting a guy know you're available. How do you differentiate? I, I really don't. I don't know how to answer that question. Yes, I do. I'll come back to it. I created, oh, here we go. I created a list of 25 things I wanted in a mate. What if I get someone that only fits 23? Should I wait it out until all 25 qualities come along? Sure. And you'll be waiting a long time. That's one of those questions (laughs) that when they ask it, you just stare at them. First of all, you don't need no 25-point list. What is on this list? Some people got lists that Jesus would be like, wait a minute. No, I don't even know if I can do this. Ain't no 25-thing list, y'all. You know, this is the deep part. Watch this. This is the deep part. What if the person met, met, what if you got 25 things on the list and they meet 24? But the 25th one is they got to be a Christian. People make decisions like that. See, there's a difference between a good man and a God man and a good woman and a godly woman. There are a lot of good men that don't know Jesus Christ that they won't cheat on you. They won't do all of these things. They will handle the finances. They'll spend time with you, etc. Get in trouble with the devil. And that's where they break. She's living right now because of some stuff I taught her. Then you have crazy women like Job's wife just curse God and die. See what I mean? (laughs) So she might be fine. She might be a great cook. Might even be a great mother. But is she ordering her life and her steps after the word? Is she adjusting herself based on what it is you need? If her role as a wife, her number one role, is called to be a helper... The Hebrew word for help, mate is, for help meet is one who is called to be adaptable and suitable and completing for the man. The Lord said that Adam needed someone, but he was a perfect man. But he says he needed a helper. He needed someone. So then you can't take the attitude, well, I'm not going to help him do X, Y, Z. Why? That's your role. That's one of your, your main roles as a wife. That's your responsibility to be a helper. Men are deficient in some areas, and so are women. And where they're strong might not be our strong area, but where they're weak, we're strong administratively or financially, whatever it may be. So you can't then take the attitude, well, I'm not going to help him. He'll have to just figure it out on his own. Well, why? This is what God has called you to do. And it's funny because I'm just... You know, some things we'll say with ladies, some things we'll say with men, but it's usually the case on both sides. And that is, it's sad because there are some women that they'll help the school board, but they won't help their husband. They'll help their job and the CEO prosper in that company. But the moment things get tight, he'll let you go, but they won't help their husband. Well, well, he just, he just, he should be able to, it ain't a matter what he should be able to. I should be able to iron my own clothes. I should be able to wash my own clothes. Wonderful. She does that for me a lot of times. You know why? Because she's there to help me. 
And you don't help somebody with doing what you think they should be helped with. You help right. them when you help them with what they ask you to help them with. That's right. Oh, man. Come on. Faith without works is dead. Yes, we, yes, we know that. Let's get to the question. As a Christian, as a Christian woman in faith to be married, what kind of works should I be doing? Good question. First Corinthians 7, 31 through 35. This is a question. Now, this is for single men and single women. Okay. As a Christian woman in faith or a Christian man in faith, what kind of work should I be doing? First Corinthians 7, 31 through 35. Those who use the things of this world should not become attached to them. But this world, as we know it, will soon pass away. I want you to be free from the concerns of this life. An unmarried man can spend his time doing the Lord's work, not his. The Lord's work and thinking about how to please the Lord. But a married man has to think about his earthly responsibilities as well, how to please his wife. His interests are divided. In the same way, a woman who is no longer married or has never been married can be devoted to the Lord and holy in body and in spirit. But a married woman has to think about her earthly responsibilities and how to please her husband. Notice that it say nothing about your jobs. And the order of things is God first, then spouse, then children, then job, career, and ministry. That is the order. So there are some people that they put more help. They help their job more than they help their spouse. They are a blessing to their job more than they are their spouse. And don't even like the job. That's the sad part. I'm saying this for your benefit, not to place restrictions on you. I want you to do whatever will help you serve the Lord the best with as few distractions as possible. Okay? So that's what you should be doing. See, let me tell you this. You can work a principle and try to finagle your way into a man's heart or a woman's heart. And y'all find out here is a dime a dozen. Okay? But, but, but if you put your trust in God, and there will be moments it will be hard. You have to put your trust in God. Now, I'm going to help you understand because this is what most people do. They put their trust in God somewhat, but then continue focusing on marriage. Because I'm going to share something with you in a moment where they say that the building block of the community is, is, fa- is families and marriages. That is not true. That's unscriptural too. <clears throat> How would I know that I have settled when in actuality there is no such thing as a perfect mate? Or I'm not answering that right now. That will be answered later. What are some things that could be preventing Christian singles from being married? Uh I tell you what, you want to do the women and I do the man or you want me to do the, yeah, I'm going to do the women and you do the men. Okay. And we're going to do this based on things that we have shared. So I'm going to come at it from a male point of view and what I hear men tell me. People changing their posture in the seats and everything. Yeah. Huh? What are some things that could be preventing Christian singles from being married? I'm going to come from a man's point of view. This is also true for the women. Number one, you're not pleasing the Lord. So if you're not pleasing him, he knows that if he sends you a wife, you're not going to please her. That's just true. Second thing is, oh, and I'm sorry, I'm supposed to be doing this for the women because I'm a man. Thank you. So the statement is still true. So so if you're not pleasing your heavenly father, okay, which is supposed to be your first man, then what happens is, is that he knows that you won't please a husband. That's the first reason. So you're not ready. Then there are other things, okay? Y'all, ladies, whether you like this or not, it is very important for you to look the best you that you can look. 
men are created by God to be satisfied with what they are looking at. In the Bible, see, I'm going to preach this like T.D. Jakes with my hand up here. Okay. In the Bible, for example, it says scriptures like this. Let him be satisfied with her breast at all times. Nowhere in the Bible does it say, let her be satisfied with his big hairy chest at all times. You know why it doesn't say that? It's because women are not moved by what they see when, as much as when it comes to men. Okay? Men, now, some, now, women are catching up. I will agree. Okay? But, but, but men are, I mean, in a marriage, in a men are moved by that. It is very important when you date a man to find out what he likes, his hair color, his hair length, whether he likes real hair, fake hair, weaves, wigs, bald-headed, skinhead, whatever it is. You better find out what type of dress he wears, I mean, what type of dress he likes, type of style he likes. You blow your mind to know how many men that I have counseled. And the number one reason why he was tempted and went outside the home is because his wife would not wear the type of clothes he wanted her, him, her to wear. Because men have a particular style that they like. I like long hair. So, boom. It's not saying that I wouldn't be ever be attracted to a woman with short hair, but I like long hair. That's why you didn't generally see her with her hair down, because I just like long hair. There are some men that don't care. It's supposed to be on the women. Okay? So, and guess what? You know what the best thing that you can do, ladies? Now, they may lie, because they don't want to see your reaction. Call up some of, your, some of the men that you may know. Say, let me ask you a question. By looking at me, what do you think I could do to make myself more attractive? Now, he's going to think this is a trick question. <laughs> he's going to look at you for a second like, because I'm telling you, if you ask me this as a pastor, I'm like, um, let's see here. Um, you know, you could make yourself look a little better. And y'all, ladies, there are some hairstyles that will add 20 years to your look. 20 years. You need to get a fashion consultant. We got a couple here. Dawn and how many of y'all Dawn? Dawn single praise team. She used to be a model. You know, Dawn, Dawn looked like she going to heaven every single day. She, I mean, my wife and I talk about her every single weekend. Do you see what Dawn had on this time? She's a fashion consultant. Sometimes you need to go to a woman like that, get rid of your pride and say, girl, I am toe up from the floor up. I need your help. Would you go shopping with me and help me piece some stuff together? Because ain't nobody looking at me, not even my pets. There are hairstyles, ladies, that will literally make you look 20 years older. You especially, I know you're not going to like this because I know not only, there's all type of women now that wear weaves. That wasn't something that was started by black women. There's lots of people that wear, men starting to wear the things now. Oh, my goodness. White men and black men. I'm like, what in the world is happening here? Pretty soon animals going to be wearing weaves. I was like, just, can y'all just stop it a little bit, please? Okay, but the point that I'm making is, is that, is that I'm just going to be, can I just be flat out honest with you? Y'all ready for it? Not all the time and not most of the time. But sometimes if you have someone else's hair on your head, it doesn't make you look like the way you're supposed to look. There are some men that have a great appreciation for women that take care of the hair that God gave them, whether it be short or whether it be long. I'm telling you what the brothers tell me. White, black, Asian, and Puerto Rican, and in between, because I talk to them all on a regular basis. 
I'm telling you what they tell me. That is not always the case. You've got to find out what these type of men, the, the one you're dating, you've got to find out what do you like. Okay? Okay? There's some, um, there's some hair colors that I'm just like, ain't that the color for a 90-year-old woman or something? What is this, what's going on? I just something doesn't mean the man is evil. Okay? So it's, these are the, cause, see, because let me tell you something. There are men that once they get to know you, they're like, hmm, she's kind of cool. But in most cases, something opened up his eyes. He's going to say, she, he's not going to say, mm, she's cool. He's going to say, mm, she's cute. Quit going to Walmart in them flannel pajamas. There's people crazy enough to wear robes to the store. What are you doing wearing a robe and a house? You 18. She got it from her mama. She got it from her mama. That's the reason why she's doing it. Y'all remember that rap song? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe that just came out of me like that. <laughs> out of the abundance of the heart. I don't think so. Oh, no, I rebuke that. Oh, 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 oh. Okay, anyway. Okay, but it's very, 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 very important. Now, this is what's deep, ladies, is that a man will approach you sometimes before you look really good. But then he will see some enhancements he will like for you to make to look better. That's not the time. This is my hair. This is my face. These are my clothes. You're telling him this is how she's going to act for the rest of my life. Okay. So the word help me means to be suitable and adjustable and adaptable to a man and his personal design. Now that goes both ways, okay? And then here's a big one. Not all the time. There are some men that like heavy women. There are some men that don't care. There are some men that like men. But there are quite a few men that over the years have put their sights on a woman. And the number number one reason why he didn't ask her out is because, wait. Now, let me tell you something, ladies. I know this hurts, but you know what? I would rather hurt your feelings and you know the truth versus you live in a mysterious world that is not real. There's something very, very unfortunate when the scripture talks about a wife's beauty. The scripture talks about a wife's beauty. The world talks about a wife's beauty. But the church seems to want to be just say, well, no, let's just pray and walk in love. Just just have a good heart. Just Just have have a good good heart. heart. Look good on the inside. That's not the case, y'all. That's just not the case. And that's just, I'm sorry, that's just not the case. God created the man, and you know what, this is the sad part. Okay, can I get really real with y'all for a second? This is going to be real, raw, and just totally out of order. The next time you go down the aisle at the grocery store, ladies, peruse through the magazine section and look at what's on the cover. Everybody seems to know that men are made up this way. Why do you think it's so difficult for men to stop looking at pornography? That's, now, that's when it's gone too far. You're greatly gone too far. But what happens is, is that a man's desire to see a woman in a particular way, if it's left unchecked, that's how far it will go. Okay? And so, the things that you can do is, look the best you that you can look. You are extremely attractive when you look the best you, you can look. In spite of if you are 20 or 80, you are attractive when you look the best you that you can look. I have seen women in their 70s and 80s that looked completely different when they just changed the hairstyle. Amazing. I'm just like, man, 
I mean, I know for me. I mean, you know, when men get a haircut, you know, some ladies, they like that new grizzly bear look, you know. But I didn't mean to be rude. <laughs> but but how, ladies, how many of you know there's a difference between a man who is not kept versus a man who has a fresh haircut, fresh shaved, trim beard? It makes him look completely different. Same thing, though, with, with, women, with, with men. It's just that it's multiplied. Okay? So you just need to be, look the best you that look and look and your attitude. You can be as fine as a fox. I know foxes are not fine. It's just a term. You can be as fine as a fox, but your attitude will make you look like a pig. So I'm letting you know that when men come to me, this is the thing that they say. They say, and then, you know, let me tell you what some men are saying. Some men are saying, they say, man, I'm not interested in dating no American women. That is becoming an increasing trend. Now, how many old ladies? It's some men stuff, too. But it's an increasing trend where men that I talk to say, man, I'm looking for a foreigner. You hear me joke about the whole Russian mail order bride stuff? Yeah, well, they considering that for real. Do you know one of the main reasons is? Not because of how they look. Attitude. What you see as a weak woman, they see as, hey, man, I just want somebody that is just going to, if I ask them to clean up the house, don't give me no lip. If I ask you, could you help me out by folding my clothes because I'm running behind a little bit, or could you iron my shirt? You, you, you got hands, you know, Attitude, beauty, those are the things. Ladies are like, that's vain. It sure is, but that's how God created us. I'm sorry, folk. That's. (laughs) Y'all see that? When my eyes are stuck up in the head, I'm like, I don't know what else to say about that. Let me go ahead and let you just talk for a second. says, what are some things that could be preventing Christian singles from being married? And I'll just say from the male side, it's not difficult to, I mean, you only need one woman. So it's not difficult to go and approach someone and ask her out and get to know her. But sometimes you can be too, you can be too particular. You can be too particular. When he and I got together, he didn't like my hair and my clothes. Well, he could have missed out on a prize. If he said, I don't like her hair and her clothes, then he could, he could have missed out on what the Lord had for him. But he was willing to say, hey, let me talk to her and get to know her. And let me just ask if she would be willing to make the adjustment. And I was willing, so it worked out. But some men won't even go beyond that part. I mean, she does have a great personality. She is educated. She does have a great career. But I don't like a particular thing. But you won't even get past that part to even ask, so you end up being alone. Then you have the case where, you know, you are, you, you, you are educated and maybe she doesn't have the same level of education. So you dismiss her because she's not on your level. Or, you know, you're called to ministry and spiritually she's not on your level. As opposed to being willing. I mean, he said earlier that men are called to mature women. You're not called to be her father. But actually you have a higher position or a higher call than her father because now you're taking her to her next level in her life. And so the Lord has equipped you to be patient with her, but you may not necessarily want to do that. So there are some men who will find themselves single because they're too particular, they're impatient, they're intolerable, they're too full of pride. They're overbearing. They're controlling. And rather than being someone who will guide her and assist her and teach her, you want to tell her X, Y, Z. You want to just tell her and try to make her do it. She is an adult. She's not a five-year-old child. And some men don't know how to treat women with the respect they deserve. Just because you disagree doesn't mean that you're right. It doesn't mean you're right. Maybe your advice is good, 
But maybe she doesn't want to take your advice. She wants to go a different route. And so there has to be a respect there. So there's some men who find themselves alone. They won't make the adjustment in their own appearance. They want to just do any old type of thing, look any kind of way, because there are women who are visual. I am one of them. Women who like, they want to see what they see. They like a particular look. They have their own particular taste. As far as the way the man dresses, the way he carries himself, his hair, whether it's short or long or dreads or curls or whatever the case may be. And there's just some men who say, hey, love me or leave me. Well, bye then. Bye. And so he's not willing to adjust. So he, too, has to be willing to adjust. Because the Bible talks about when you get married, you're submitting one to another. Well, in the dating process or the courtship process, you might not be one who wants to adjust. You might have the attitude that the Bible says you're supposed to submit to me. And she is doing all the adjusting, all the changing, all the modifications, and you're doing nothing with your appearance, your finances, your education, your career, the way you do what you do. I mean, I was dating a guy, and he liked to buy me plants. I hated plants. I don't now. But back then, I like flowers, you know, lots of colors and everything. And I said, hey, you know, I really appreciate the gesture, but I really would like if you would buy me flowers. Instead, I like roses. I like tulips. I like this. I like that, you know, at that time. And he told me that was dumb because it was a waste of money. He wanted to buy me a plant because flowers will die. Plants live on forever, right? And so I thought, okay, well, if you can't make an adjustment in a little thing as a plant or flowers, then how can I even have any type of confidence that when it comes to the bigger things, things that really, really matter to me in my heart, and me ask you, hey, babe, can you help me cook? Can you help clean? Can you help with the laundry? How can I even feel confident that you'll be even willing to do that? And so there's some things that don't come out in the dating process. But the Lord knows, and there's some things, like I said, red flags that get picked up, and so you end up being alone and not being able to move on with someone and be happy because of your habits, your character, your lack of integrity, things like that. Hence the statement. If he won't change to get you, he won't change to keep you. And that's the thing. You can't, you can't change a person. You can't change a person. So what you get during your courtship process is what you get. And there are some people who will make adjustments. My husband has changed immensely since we've gotten married. I mean, he's just not the same person. But he could have changed for the opposite. You just, there's, there's no guarantee. That, uh, that statement I just made, if he won't change to get you, he won't change to keep you, is very important. Because, because um, um, there are some men, they will never change. You know why? Because you changed. You didn't hold on to what you told the man when you first met him. Well, you know, this is the type of man that I want. This is what I plan on doing. I'm trying to keep myself, et cetera, et cetera. And so... Uh, so over a period of time, you then changed your morals. You lowered your standard. So in his mind, well, if you change while we dating, then what I need to do different. It's obvious I'm more powerful than you are. See? So, so you got to be careful who you hook up with. Let me say this. I'm, I'm kind of like Moses now, where Moses knew that divorce was wrong, but he said, I'm going to just let y'all go ahead and do it because some of y'all are just going to do it anyway. That's how I am with, I'm, I'm with dating and, and people getting married. You know, there's some people, they're going to wait for God's best. There's some people that they are going to, um, they're going to make their own determination about who they want. And, and they'll suffer the consequences and they won't have their joy. And then some of us, unfortunately, got married before we even knew this information. So you just pray and eventually God can make the difference in that thing. But, um, so, and let me add this too, when it comes to men preparing. When it, the main thing, because I'm getting ready to jump into this last part, because I think the teaching is going to re, kind of re-warp your mind. 
the main thing that men need to be concerned about is not a woman. And I'm, I'm going to get to that. You know, as a matter of fact, I'm not even going to answer that question. I'm going to add part B to that question when we do this last part here. Let me do this last question. I want to just add one more thing. That The last thing that I wanted to add as far as sing, what's preventing singles from getting married is, is fear. We talked about it earlier, just fear. Being afraid to enter into another relationship because you've been hurt or you then see someone who reminds you of someone in your past and you don't want to move forward because it reminds you of the things that you've already experienced in your life. I was quite surprised at how many people have not gotten married because of fear. That kind of alarmed me. I wasn't expecting that one. And so, but there are a lot of people that they remain single because of the fears of being married. And some people have a fear of getting married because they said that they knew that they tore up their other two marriages. Um, some I have a fear of getting married because of what they see going on in other marriages. And, um, and if you don't get rid of that, you can, you can, you can, you can, you know, the main thing that gets rid of fear is knowledge and understanding. And see, at a church like this, you really don't have too much to be afraid of. Particularly if we counseled you premarital and you get married and, and we give you the tools for marriage as well as then you have constant counsel, um, you have the best chance of making it. Okay? So um, let me read this last one and then I'm going to share this. As a Christian woman, I love to help. The last relationship I was in didn't work out, but I gave a lot. See, I would need to know what that means. And ended up with a serious broken heart. Mm-hmm. How much help should I be offering a guy that I just started dating? See, this, this, this sounds like what she was offering was more she, than she should be offering. Let me say this. It's difficult to have a broken heart if you have not given a man sex. If you date a man and there is no sex involved and he breaks it off, you might be sorrowful for a minute, but you're not going to have that broken heart. The broken heart is the result of a soul tie. You have you connected yourself to this man. Heart to heart, spirit to spirit, body to body, you have become one. There's a merging of emotions and soul tie. And so then when that person, and then as a result of that, you have given yourself fully to someone without having the confidence of knowing that they are the right individual. So when they cut it off, and they usually cut it off very rudely, very hard, and it smashes you. Um, and so I would have to have more information in regards, in regards to that. So, and being a helper is fine. That's what he's, I mean, if you're wanting to get married, I mean, that's part of your role. You're going to be married. Yes, helping is fine. Helping is great. But what we do as women is we give too much too soon. Too much, too soon. Too much money, too much attention, too much time, too much effort, just too much. Now you're washing the brother's clothes and cleaning his house. I mean, you just give too much too soon. And so, and then the serious, bro- the serious broken heart, I mean, you know sex is involved. Because you've given way more than you ever should have given to a person who is not your husband. Even engagement doesn't qualify because engagements are broken all the time. So that doesn't even qualify. So she just gave too much. She gave too much too much, period, and too much too soon is often the case with women. All right. That was the intellectual part. Let's close it with this. I'm going to make these statements. Y'all ready? Yeah, you can go ahead. You can take the microphone in case you want to jump back up because I'm, I'm sure I'm going to say something crazy enough for you to get back up. So.